we're live. Welcome back to the Prefer Not to Say podcast. I'm James Bunn, also known as Boutique Paul. And I am Greg Tenbrink, also known as... Sideline Jimmy. Sideline Jimmy. <laughs> <laughs> this is... This is the 18th time I've <laughs> given you a nickname. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm to, we're going to have to like, come up with a list of everything we've ever called you and just read them off at the end of the year. Yeah, or, or I'll do or do like a montage of it, just cutting together all the audio of all the different nicknames. Definitely. Yep, we are back. And once again, it's another interview episode. Those are our best episodes ever. Even though the entire show is great, you should be listening to all of them. If you don't, then that's not cool. It's probably because you're not hydrated. Yeah, you're probably you're probably not <laughs> hydrated. Hydration is very important if you haven't realized by this show. So this is gonna be a little bit of a different interview compared to the other ones because we're interviewing one of my friends for a change. Because the last two guests were people through Greg. Mm-hmm. So without further ado, I'll let him introduce himself. Hello, my name is Ethan. Um, I've known James for about two and a half years. Uh, my father of two, been married for four, almost five years. Hey, uh, what's the last name? Pomfret. Ethan Pomfret. Gotta give him the full name. Yeah, no. well, full name if we're <laughs> gonna the, say The man, I, the I, myth, I, the legend. I write my name Ethan K. Pomfret, so there's the whole name. <laughs> his, his, uh, when he writes his signature, it's just initials EKP, and he writes four because his entire family, that's yeah. all their initials. Yeah. It's, when like me and my wife got together, we were like, oh, EKP squared, huh? Cute, super cute. Mm-hmm. And then we got married, and then we're having our daughter, and we were like, oh, we can kind of keep it rolling. So we then EKP cubed. Then we had the fourth kid, and we we're like, hold on. Uh, we either keep this going, or <laughs> he either feels left out because he's not going to be part of the EKP. So we just had to kind of keep the thing rolling, and now we're EKP to... To the fourth. And you have to do that every time you have kids. Otherwise, it's easier. <laughs> and, and now it's really bad. So like, you're the only one that doesn't have it. Right. Everybody else does. So that could be bad. So, yeah. Um, how I know Ethan is work. And that's pretty much it. I started working at where we work first. And then he joined later on. We should probably tell them where we work, shouldn't we? Yeah. Well, I mean, unless you don't want to say the company's name. I mean, I leave that out when I'm talking about stuff like that personally, just because I don't want to catch any hot water over it. But I don't think your guys is possible. I mean, it's an abrasive company that sells abrasive products over the internet, and uh, we both work in the warehouse, and he runs the show out there on the floor taking care of it, and I make sure the warehouse is stocked, and he's got everything necessary to ship the products to customers. I mean, your your title's shipping manager, and I think, aren't you also product expansion specialist or something? Yeah, I got my toes in uh, product expansion specialist. Uh, just recently went to the trade show in Chicago to try to get some more information about potential companies that we could stock in the warehouse. It's, that side of the job, I mean, getting into that is going to be a lot of fun. I mean, that's something that would be really cool. So tell us a little bit about uh, the company's products, because, like, from from the outside looking in, obviously you two are on the inside, so it, it makes more sense to you. Abrasive products is a pretty like general name for the for most part. Anything made. that's made using any product made with sandpaper to aid you in whatever industrial needs, we offer it and or make it. Okay, hundred percent. Pri- primarily sandpaper products, but there there mm-hmm. are other things like you know there's bonded abrasives, so you got cut off wheels and grinding wheels. We also have non woven materials like there's non woven belts or you know. 
hand pads, like you know the like like scrubbing pad on the side of a sponge mm-hmm. or on like the green side of a sponge that we sell that but just without the sponge part. In, in different varying um degrees of coarseness. Oh, okay. Alright. So like if you were trying to do anything with like making a table from start to finish besides like the nails and the screws, anything that if you wanted to like take a raw piece of wood and change it into something, chiseling it down, any of those parts and cleaning it up so it's nice and smooth. All those products and even the tools, those are, that's what we're offering. Those oh, are the things that you should be able to do. Okay. So, And all the other things you can make it shine. So if you're working with metal, you can make it look like a mirror using you know, step-by-step process out of products out of, that are out of the warehouse. Yeah, fairly basic stuff. It's just a, it's a massive catalog of different products. They also, they also make everything in every kind of size imaginable. Yeah. I mean, and we we all we only offer the most common, but there are some vendors that we order through, like uh, Went. Their yeah. products they offer a lot of different sizes for the like flap wheels. We get everything from like you'll get like a two by one by quarter inch, but then they go all the way down to like three eighths by three eighths by whatever, and then they even go to every size in between. So you know that's one people are are product for that is growing all the time because we have to keep making space because people order things we don't usually sell <laughs> yeah, they, yeah the, the amount of space i mean we could fill a couple rows of the warehouse if we were to have every single one of their products so it usually doesn't work out that way so we have them trickle in when we have customers order them and then we st- decide to stock those ones moving forward on them yeah then uh i pretty much <laughs> the bulk of our job has to do with managing our inventory that's really it. Making sure everything's received properly, put away properly, making sure everything's stocked to the correct par levels, which we'll, we'll get more into that because he's gotten, he's perfected his craft over these past few years and it's pretty insane how he's got it set up. But yeah, um, like I said, this is a little bit of a different interview because he is not an independent entrepreneur yet, but he's exhibiting traits to where at any moment he could just explode with success. I mean, the way I pitched you the interview was describing a time when I viewed him as a superhuman because I think this was shortly after you took over as a warehouse manager because he started out as customer service. But there was a time where he was not only working full time, he was bringing work home sometimes. Well, more so working on things at home to bring into work as far as spreadsheets are concerned because, the, you know, he has no problem staying up all night working on spreadsheets. But along with that, he was also going to school, finishing up his bachelor's in business management at Davenport. He was also a scholarship collegiate rugby player who was in his last season, so he had all sorts of games he had to go to. Obviously being a full-time dad, and his wife was pregnant with their second child. And all of this was happening simultaneously. If you weren't aware, he is your biggest fan. And he did it all with grace. And that's how I, that's how I pitched the interview to Greg. And his first response was, I think it was like, I need him on the interview now. <laughs> yeah. I'm, yeah. It was, it was, it was definitely well, when he, uh, when he fangirled over you for the first time <laughs> in the conversation, I was like, hmm, <laughs> these are, this, 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 this person's very indicative of somebody that can, you know, go out there and just become a self-starter and do like whatever they set their mind to, you know, definitely someone that I would say isn't going to be limited to employment for the rest of their life. I feel like at some point you're going to be like, this isn't enough. And then expand. Build his own empire. Mm-hmm. That'd be the game plan. The game plan would definitely be to have my own company one day and, you know, be the man in charge and help everybody out in the process and grow a great company and a great culture within it. 
And that's what we need more of these days is uh, leadership whose uh, focus is on the, the people and not just the process. You know, so it's important to have that idea of like building the proper culture in a company that you start. Definitely. Well, I mean, we saw that exhibit like Lavish was explaining how that's one of their big things is, mm-hmm. you know, they're definitely very more. Con- they're not concerned about the overall numbers and making money. It's, you know, they're trying to build a culture around what they're mm-hmm. doing. That's positive. I think their mentality is really uh, they're not going to sacrifice the, the people for the profits is, is what they're about. So uh, tell us a little bit about your day-to-day in your uh, workflow. Like what, what? just walk us through a day in life at your job and uh, we'll kind of try, try to pick it apart and, you know, see where you're head and shoulders above uh, a general management position. Do right. we have enough time to explain all that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man, we got an hour. <laughs> we can get exactly. it. We, we got to wait a little while. I'm sure you can explain it within the time frame. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. We can make. We can take care of that. Uh, it's pretty much coming in the morning. You just, obviously, you got the email you got to take care of. Got a couple email boxes that I obviously have to watch. But usually the first thing I usually try to do is I open up my main spreadsheet um, and look at what we put on back order yesterday. And once I start entering all the information, I got a bunch of different formulas and macros and fancy stuff in the spreadsheets that is going to tell me if it's on order. If it's going to tell me that now, you know, if I already had three back orders for it and now there's four and say those four add up for 250. Well, I only have 200 on order. All right. It's going to let you know that you still need to order this. Like, yes, it is on order, but not enough to now cover all your back orders. So, I mean, it gives you all those things that in a sense, it's like a program, but all the money that you would spend on a program, you can then save because I can make it in a spreadsheet and now it's just an automated program. Um, like if I had a live inventory spreadsheet, I have a live inventory program. It could do a lot of the things that I have and I've built in Excel, but instead I, you could save that money. I can make it in Excel. It's going to be foolproof because when I have instructions and troubleshoot, everything's written out. So if I needed to hand it to anybody also, they'd be able to then, you know, enter the information, know what to read, know what things to check for to see if it's wrong, if something's entered in differently. Um, and then after that spreadsheets, everything's updated. Uh, usually I go out onto the floor. Uh, run through the game plan with those guys, see what they got going out on the floor, order-wise, order count, uh, and let them know if I have anything big for them to do that day task-wise. Um, and then it's something to do with going into the warehouse and counting products, making sure I got everything done, uh, going through the inventory. Then it's back to another spreadsheet, um, entering in all the information that I have, and it's giving me back all my arc- accurate par levels and letting me know how much I should order to, so I can split up how often I have to order. You know, so when I first took over, I didn't have enough data to create the spreadsheet that I just recently created to make my life a lot easier mm-hmm. um, because I didn't have two years of entering data to then analyze it all. So now that I can analyze it and compile all the information, I just have to go into the warehouse, count some numbers, type in the spreadsheet. Now I order weekly, biweekly for any company that I want. I could set that easily by just going to the spreadsheet and changing how often I want to order. Okay, that's that's a lot of good information. The first thing I keyed in on was uh again the spreadsheets. <laughs> it's it's funny. Spreadsheets that, about spreadsheets. We're probably, we probably gonna be yeah. talking about spreadsheets the whole episode, but it seems like you like you taking that position, you cre- you took the opportunity to create a uh, a large quality of life improvement for the job in itself. And uh 
saving on the the expense for the program that the company would have to purchase, which most other people would say, you know, hey, we need this, and then I could do it, do my job a lot better. You took the initiative to create that program yourself. So not only are you an efficient employee, you are a a, a cost saver, you know, and that that's a that's a mindset that is necessary for uh, entrepreneurs because you're you're gonna see the problem ahead of you, and where most people would just say, you know, I could buy this or I could do this to get this. Uh, Handled, you're gonna create as opposed to delegate. Yeah. To to find your answer for your yeah. solution. Yeah, no, he's 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 very big on consolidation when it comes mm-hmm. to our processes and how much you know, how much spending we're doing versus how much we're selling and you know, he's I mean if you were to see the spreadsheet and all the other spreadsheets, it would literally just be like most people would be their their heads would explode. I mean, I look at it; but it's like I've seen every version of it just mm-hmm. about. So like, all you the know, different upgrades over you know, the time. I, I always see all the new ones. So I'm just like, wow, this is cool. But other people would look at it and be like, how do you keep track of all this? Oh, side note: if you guys hear a sliding noise, it's Ethan's jacket. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was like I was hearing it and I was like, hey, hold on. So I put on the headphones real quick and turned up turned them up to listen. I was like, yeah, you can hear the jacket, but that's okay. It's, Apologize. I don't think it's enough to really bother anybody. It's, it's no more than them hearing uh, uh, the chairs squeaking around or my bones popping like that. <laughs> Wait, do you hear that when you listen to it? <laughs> not, not not often. I hear it every once in a while. Like sometimes I get this I've never nervous tick and I like crack my knuckles right here at my chest, and that oh, right yeah. I never noticed yeah. that. Huh? Yeah. But yeah, uh, yeah. With those spreadsheets, it's because especially seeing beforehand before. We had those spreadsheets. It was definitely chaotic. Yeah, I think it was chaotic and understatement. (laughs) Well, I mean, when he because when the previous shipping manager left or the one that I started with left, Mm -hmm. we went through this changeover process where we hired someone else. Mm -hmm. And the process back then really wasn't as tight knit as it was now. So, I mean, Ethan knows he, he was on the customer service side when he first started. So. He had to come up with his own process to decipher what that person was doing as far as inventory and orders and stuff were for any any questions he had to answer. And then we got somebody in between that who didn't really have much of a process, I should say. Or yeah. at least a good one. Or Ethan, well, this is actually after that. Ethan, that's when Ethan started to build the spreadsheets to make that person's job easier. And then that person just turned around and made his job harder. Oh wow! And then after, and then after that person was gone because they were, they weren't they weren't around for a terribly long time. Then he just he was able to take over the spot completely and then further develop yeah. what so, we got going on. It's not like a main opportunity when I was just doing the customer service part of it. Like whenever there's a miscue, miscommunication between you know the front office and the warehouse, that can result in an issue because then you have an angry customer that the warehouse doesn't hear about the angry customer. I mean they hear about it through the office, but. Being on customer service, knowing how, you know, getting somebody who calls you and they're upset because they were told some misleading information, because of that miscommunication, they're angry and that person has to hear it in their ear. They have that repetitive, It gets, it's tough. It's like having a bad customer come into the store over and over and over again. It's draining on yourself mm-hmm. to be able to keep that smile on your face and kill them with kindness. So when I was able to then work start working with the warehouse, I tried to like... I was like, okay, well, I remember some things that these are some miscommunication points we had before, which I like to call like it's like that gray area. You know, it's not clean cut, black and white to know like 
this is the way that it should be handled. You know, it's uh, with the warehouse, you can kind of take it that way because it's all shipping people's products and it's all numbers, you know, so it's pretty clean cut on what to do. Um, so after they go ahead and we start connecting all the products with the, I just mixed it all up. I just lost my train of thought, to be honest. <laughs> so much goes and on. I, yeah, just, I was just, just like, oh, I just changed it, it and then it went back. So we might have to come back to that thought, but completely just brain farting on that one. I was going <laughs> there's, with there's it. There's so many it things away. you do with the processes. It's just hard to keep track of it all. It's like, it's like yeah. you stacked this massive tower of all these different things and it's like you know you try to pull it apart to explain it it's just like jank it just falls apart sometimes you just need to hit that restart but it sounds like uh your your exposure from the customer service side and from working back in the warehouse like you you took an opportunity to see both sides of the company and it 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 real it reveals the bigger picture you know and and that's something that a lot of people lose focus of they they narrow in on like what they're doing and they're not concerned with anything else and sometimes you just gotta you gotta take that step back and see how everything's working together. You know? Well, it doesn't help that we've noticed that we get some of the worst customers just by default because that's their personality. I don't know if it's just because a lot of them are just older white men and that they're angry all the time. But <laughs> there's there are some people like there's some there are some of the most laid back people though. We could be like, yeah, this is gonna be four weeks until we get it. They're like, oh, that's cool, no problem. And we're like, wait, really? <laughs> Like, this is fine. Like, we have alternatives if you want them. <laughs> no, I'll wait for it. Not an issue. Because, you know, some, it also comes back to how they handle their business on their end. Some people, when they're in a crunch and they may be messed up on their end ordering said product, oh, I'm out of it. I'm out of it. I need it now. I need it now. Why didn't you order it in plenty enough time for yourself? So you had, you know, did you handle everything on your end properly? Because, like, if they already ordered it because they were in a pinch and now they're, you know, in a sense screwed over because of it they're going to be more irritated than somebody who might be calling in like he was explaining. The guy was okay with the four-week wait because he ordered it plenty in advance. He, and he's like, I, I know I have this, but I'm going to need it in a couple weeks. So let me order it now and have it plenty in advance. So it depends on the customer and how they handle it on their own end, but handling it for us obviously try to get everybody their stuff as soon as possible i mean you can only fill the orders that are placed at the end of the day mm-hmm. if they're if they're not buying anything for a period of time they're like all right i need this now it's like should have thought ahead a little bit yeah you know i know we also get sideswiped by certain customers who order a lot of something that might not move as quickly as it does when they order like we'll have we'll have certain he keeps certain par levels of things we'll have mm-hmm. one customer who certain periods of time will order a mass amount that we're not prepared for and then we'll be back ordered, but then they'll get smart, order it again shortly after to make sure that they're, ne- they're instantly in line for when it comes back in. So we're out again. Neither knows exactly what I'm talking about because I'm referring to a very specific customer <laughs> who just did something they usually do. <laughs> yep. It's a lot of fun when they do it. Yeah. Well, we also it's he, he's also got the opportunity to see what it takes to maintain customer relationships because we have we have a. A fairly sizable list of repeat customers who are fairly big customers who buy a lot of stuff from us that we and then they order a lot of the same things. though. So he's got, you know, he's got customer stock on hand for a lot of people just because it's like, OK, he checks his he checks their usage in ordering versus what our warehouse is. He'll keep stock for them separately and then maintain our part levels as necessary to meet certain demands. Yeah. I mean, because there's some SKUs that. That's the only customer that buys it. You know, I need to keep 500 to set aside for a said customer. And I could keep 50 on the actual warehouse shelf, and that'll last me six weeks, and we'll be just fine. 
but they order that once a month. So if I were to just try to always safely and keep them all together and somebody else does order it and it messes up his repeat order when we catch on to those things, you know, why not try to set that stuff aside? So anyway, there's a little bit of a process to have it actually set aside for somebody um, because I'm not just going to, we don't, we got to get it approved, you know, through my superior to make sure like, Hey, I'm going to set this much dollar value of inventory aside for said customer. They order it this often, you know, it's, it's something that's going to help build the relationship between them and possibly help them order some more stuff from us and then you know, get it approved and start stocking their stuff accordingly. And oftentimes it's customer, like with customers like that, they generally apply for, apply for credit and become a terms customer with us. So it's Definitely. like we have this guarantee that they are going to maintain a certain level of business with us. I mean, there's certain customers, they order certain products, like you just have to say their name and we know instantly what you're talking about. 100%. Like, oh, this customer. Okay, hold on. Let me go check. You don't even need to tell me what it is. <laughs> I know what they want. I really hope I have it. Like our, like our, like our, like our favorite customer who orders... <laughs> Four and a half, forty aluminum conicals. Yeah, he's a great gentleman. I, he's a character. He's one of the most. Well, he's one of those guys that I always wonder if he's in a pinch on his own end. At first, when we had our first couple run-ins with him being upset about back orders, but it's just the way he handles business. And you're like, all right, like, I like hope he'll he'll, he'll anticipate that we're back ordered, but he'll be like, when am I getting it? He's like, it's fine that it's back ordered. Just let me know a ship date. Yeah, we, and, we just have to figure out a ship date for him, which and is, that's it. He's just very adamant. I'm like, it's, it's it could be an accountability thing. Like he just has to know for his own sanity. Like when am I getting this? I mean, I do that to everybody. I mean, I send a PO to you. If you don't email me back in 24 hours, I'm going to email you. And then if you don't like, email hey. me back, I'm going to email you the next day, and I'm just going to forward you and be like, hey, second request. And then the next day, <laughs> third, third request. request. <laughs> and the next day. Fourth request. That and is. I just keep. I mean, haven't you haven't you been told to like chill out on that before? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like a company was moving a warehouse from like Chicago to Atlanta, and they're like, we're behind on shipping orders and order entry because of the move. My email said, okay, that's great. I just want to make sure it's in your stack of orders to be entered. You know, if you're not going to let me know that I sent, I gave it to you yesterday. Can you just let me know that it's in your stack? I know you're not there yet. You're two weeks behind. Mm-hmm. Let me know that you have it because if I just assume that you have it and it doesn't, it's an ass of me and you. And it kind of break down assume. So I reach out to them, ask them and ask them and ask them. And then they're, they emailed the office manager about somebody needs to stop emailing about it. They're behind and they're going to get to it as soon as possible. And then... I sent an email the next day, but I didn't send because usually if it's if I send five purchase orders, you're gonna get five individual emails. I'm gonna forward each one back to you and send you my confirmation. So instead of sending twelve emails, I just sent one with all of them, and I did that over and over again. And eventually, they got back to me. Okay. So I mean, I understand that guy's point of it, but if it's ever a little bit off. He's not that reasonable, which is the part that's kind of well. It's also it's also it's like your assumption of who he's qu- of who you're questioning because you're like, look, I just need someone in your office to give me confirmation. Like, if you're behind, that's fine. Just yeah. let me know that the paperwork went through properly. Because if if something happened and they might have not gotten it, because you never know, an email could get lost from time to time. It happens. I mean, it definitely happens. And Clarity it's funny, is key. It's only certain companies that lose my emails. 
<laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you're, you're, there's only oh, like man. two companies, and I know you're the only ones that lose my emails. I'm just like, who's watching your mailbox? Are they all right? Uh, they're not losing them. Somebody's just... Uh, they see your name, and they're like, mm. I choose delete. <laughs> oh, no. I just bumped the delete button. If it's important, they'll email me again. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they're like, it's Ethan. He'll email me again tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. So uh, let's dial it back a little bit. Uh, so at what point did you know that business was the thing you wanted to do? As early as I can remember. Um, I always thought it was really cool that like, I always wanted to own my own shoes when I was like a really young kid. Like I wanted to have a shoe store. I wanted to have like... A Nike Jordan store where I just sold shoes. And, like, I got that inspiration kind of from, like, my stepmom. Um, she was the manager at Champs for, like, 15 years. So, like, she always was in that industry. When I was going through middle school and high school and I had questions about the business classes I was potentially taking, she would always give me that direct feedback. But, like, back from even before then when I was a kid, it started with money. I really liked money as a kid. I liked counting it, and I liked playing with it when I was a kid. I think everybody liked playing with money as a kid. Well, like, my grandma had this giant jar, and I was, like, 10 years old, and I was like, hey, can I dump this out and count it? And she was like, yeah, go for it. And it being, like, 1100 bucks, and, and, like, all different change. And, like, I was just sitting there for dead, and there's was, like, tons of pennies. I'm just in this room organizing, 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 organizing it all. And then... She bought me, like, this little tiny, like, crotch rocket with all that money. Mm-hmm. So the process for, like, I mean, I was in there for three days just counting money and getting it all rolled. I, like, really, really, really enjoyed that. So then, like, any opportunity I had that I connected money with business, if you wanted to have money to do anything with it, you need to have a business to make money. So then I just always, like, told stories when I was a kid about how I like when we drove past this factory on the way to my great grandma's house, that was my factory. Like even when I drive past it now, I'm like, ah, I used to always tell everybody that's my factory. <laughs> I'm like, look at that thing. I, just, I used to tell everybody stories I worked that there. Tell. I, that's my factory over that's there. That's my factory. I used to tell everybody that. So and then like you know, fast forward, moving out here, going through high school, took every business class that was potentially that you could take, and I was doing really well in every class. And I was having the teachers tell me that I really understood it, and I was getting really good feedback at home. Whenever I ran into a question because my stepmom was in that position as a general manager for a shoe company. So if like any of the things, especially in high school and in college, when somebody wants to bring up like, oh, it's an example of this. I can relate it probably to like champs in some way, because that's where a lot of like the foundation of her explaining me on how things happen and taking care of the customers because how different companies have their policies for return stuff completely changes how you process anything on the retail side of it as well as when we have to do with our returns it's a completely different process and like how it all splits up she always told me that this is just retail it's not the same for every industry so this is retail and this is how this is so i really liked retail then when i got to college i like dipped my toes in some other things like i went into i had a job at a I was in production, uh, which is a company that my dad works for. I just did like a little some summer help when my wife was pregnant with her first kid. Um, I worked there and got into some, you know, dipped my toes into production. I did like fast food in high school. So I've dipped my toes in all those different areas. And in college, I just always tried to 
dump out all the information, all my experiences to my professors. And Davenport's the best thing about Davenport, I would say, is all the professors aren't like textbook junkies. Like they're all people that are like, oh, I'm the CEO of this company or I'm the vice president of this or I'm the old vice president of this company. Like I had the, prof- I had the old vice president of Xerox, the printers. He was my professor for a class. It was a great, great class. He gave me tons of information, tons of feedback, tons of things that I could use moving forward. So they just, all those people, every time I dumped out information, they gave me all this new information and just continued to grow for business. And money is still always there. Not in the aspect that money brings happiness. I like still counting money is still cool. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not going to bring you any happiness. I mean, everybody loves counting I just money. I like hey, looking money. at it. I, mean, I look at this it. This looks nice. Money doesn't bring happiness, but it makes it a lot easier to get to happiness. Yeah, I mean, money it, it, for me it as long as it takes options. care of the bills. I, it and helps kind of offset some misery that you might be going through. Yeah, I could do that. Yeah, I mean, I it, it, it eliminates one form of stress from your life. It, it does that effectively. Like you don't you don't worry about bills. You don't worry about am I going to be able to afford whatever tomorrow? That's all taken care of. But that's besides the point. It seems like from a very young age, you you already knew like what you wanted to focus your life around definitely well i mean from a young age you should probably drop the bomb on everybody all this knowledge experience and all this stuff you're hearing he just turned 23 four 24 yes yeah, my mom but you're 24 yeah it's 24. really oh, <laughs> oh wow uh, just turned 24 <laughs> this year so <clears throat> but, really? uh, bum, bum. Been, yeah so how long have you been working so it's 20. They're now. Really? Okay, that's what I thought because I was like, I remember you started before you were 21. And yeah. I, I started didn't, November I didn't think that before, much time passed. It was starting November before I was 21. So I was there for like a oh, month and a half. Oh, that's right. Because at the Christmas party. I wasn't <laughs> able. Couldn't, couldn't. The first one. Yeah, I, that first, the first one you weren't able to drink. Second one. <laughs> Second one you fell asleep in the bathroom. No, I did not. You didn't? Yeah. I thought you fell asleep in the bathroom. That's what you guys say. That's what I always heard. I remember giving myself a great pep talk. <laughs> I don't know. It was a really oh, interesting time. Yes. Uh, In other words, Ethan's still young and has already accomplished a lot. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're also kind of, I mean, you kind of exhibited traits from, at least from the way you describe, you're kind of like a prodigy when it came to like your aptitude for business stuff. Cause I mean, do you want to explain how you got the lead position at Meyer that you got? Yeah, um, we had a Shark Tank competition at Davenport, um, which imagine if everybody knows. If you don't know, Shark Tank, there's a panel of judges. You present an idea, sales pitch on your business idea, and you want the sharks to invest invest in you, right? So Davenport had that. We recently found out that um, we were going to have a kid, so I was looking for like an actual job. I didn't have a job my fresh at the beginning of college. Um, I was just there for rugby and school at first. Um, so I need to find a job and I was trying to figure out some ways to maybe potentially find something. Um, so I saw the shark top shark tank competition. All the panel of judges were local um, people that were like higher ups, like the district manager for Meyer. There were a couple of different uh, like store directors for Meyer. There was like presidents of smaller local companies, like they were there. So I entered in it, um, like right at the last second, went in. Uh, we went into this room, there's a bunch of different boxes, opened a box, and you had 10 minutes to write a sales pitch about anything you had, any, whatever you had in the box, obviously. 
um, I opened my box and it was this little tiny like egg, looked like a little chick, and like a chicken, little chick, and <laughs> and you had to twist it and it like mm-hmm. bounced across the table. So I was like, well, what am I gonna do for this? Like I have to sell it somehow. So I was like, all right, we'll sell it as like it's something to do with kids. So what we connected it to is like, well, I connected it to was birthday cards birthday cards or bubkis unless it's money in it nobody likes it. it usually gets pitched unless somebody likes to hold on to it not many people so we can then give this to all those younger kids you know like a little kid opens up the card half the time damn kid can't read the card so like why'd you buy him a card so get him something that's interesting so the ball what it would do is you cranked it and you let it go and it bounced across the table and play a song now i attach it to I had a website. On the website, you could then go through and change the song. You could upload your own music. You could have like your, you know, so you could have your own recording of like it saying happy birthday. If it's somebody you're sending it as a gift, like, and you're not going to be at that person's birthday, you can let them have some vocal of you being there, a little message. That sounds like a really awful prank waiting to happen if it got into the wrong hands. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I broke it down and like it was going really well. Um, the best part about it is like, this whole time, like, earlier that day, when I signed up, I didn't have this thing on my forehead. But later that day, I got this, like, third eye in the center of my forehead, and it was a pimple. It was <laughs> massive. It was, like, the size of a quarter. So I was like, oh, I'm going to wear a hat. Not really should. Shouldn't. Didn't. Wasn't the best idea. But I was like, I'm going to have to wear a hat. Well, halfway through it, I moved my hat up a little bit. When I asked the, uh, the judges about questions, um... I was like, hey, you know, he was talking about, like, the overall cost of the company that I, after my made-up equations that I obviously tried to compile. He goes, why wouldn't I squash you like the pimple you are? Oh. And I made a connection. (laughs) And I was like, all right. I really thought I still had it covered by the hat. (laughs) But how are you going to call me out for this thing? (laughs) And, like, he died. Because he's like, I honestly wasn't making that connection at all. He's like, but, like, the whole panel of judges were just absolutely on the floor laughing. Like, they were laughing so hard. So then, like, I adjusted my hat and covered it back up. And I was like, are we okay now? And it it was hilarious. So, like, after that, um, I had, like, two of the panel, uh, two of the judges... One was a district manager for Meyer for like the Grand Rapids area and pulled me aside and he's like, Hey, are you looking for you know, what what are you you employed? Where are you at in college? I was like, Well, I got two years left, um, uh, two and a half years left at the time, and you know, I'm looking for a job. I need something. He's like, All right. Um, give me your information, I'm gonna email you. He ended up emailing me. I had a interview out in Plainfield for with him and another store director. Mm-hmm. Had that interview went great he had another interview with another store director it was like two those two store directors and district manager went great again i got hired as a manager um at 19 years old i was a manager at meyer it was a really interesting experience being 19 as a manager at meyer for mm-hmm. sure um due to the fact that i was the only one in the store that hadn't been there for like five six years before they were a manager i mean you got hired in as a lead and that's I was it doesn't only, just I was usually do stars. that when like, so, you have like, massive experience was, uh, working there. It was quite a challenge to try to get... I mean, my team respected me very well. I didn't have an issue with my team. I was in charge of the deli department um, in Starbucks. Great team. My team worked really well with each other. Where I had issues was with the other managers and their team members. Their team members were the ones that usually gave me a lot. One, 
all my employees were older than me. So, like, that, that's its own interesting to handle when you have people that are been there one longer than you and they think they have more, you know, life experience, which obviously they do, but doesn't necessarily mean they're right. Definitely something I had a lot of, a lot of hard, hardship at first was struggled with, but I mastered it by the time I was done there. I was only there for a short tenure due to some scheduling stuff. It wasn't going to work. Um, he wanted me to continue to work. He wanted me to be a store director in three years, which would have been great. A three to five year, like speed program type thing that they have. Um, but he wanted me to quit rugby. Um, I couldn't do that. I helped pay for my college. Now, mm-hmm. could I potentially, and I was working like 90 hours a week, so I could have made up for the money that I had with a scholarship, but working 90 hours a week, just having my newborn, it, it just all didn't add up. So it's, I left that. And then a week later, starting at this job, starting customer service, taking some phone calls. It's yeah. a lot. <laughs> it's a lot then, to process. And then he did that for a while, and then you know he you know moved up. Obviously, yeah. you know, definitely, definitely a quite the evolution having been there before you took over that spot to now. It's like two. I mean, obviously, we're also in a bigger spot. The, where we worked before, we worked in a much smaller warehouse. Then we moved buildings, and it just like expanded. Yeah. So we were, you know. I've I've seen the pl- I always see some sort of plan mapped out before anything's executed, and it's really interesting seeing how anything comes to fruition. Where it's like, okay, like you know, before we move buildings, you working on spreadsheet after spreadsheet on the layout for the new warehouse, and I was like, okay, this is how this works, this is how this works, and then we had to move it, and we had to move it ourselves, and yeah, it was. It was fun. We didn't have movers for this. We you know, rented a truck and got a bunch of the crew members together. And, yeah, it was, it was if you fun. guys think the stuff that's in my warehouse is light, you are mistaken. It was this funny products because we, are heavy. We had a limited window to. Move. I want to say it was like limited, but we had to get it for a certain date because I took a week off from my wedding, mm-hmm. and so we had to do it before then because we couldn't be like we had to be settled before I was gone for a week because. If not, it would have just been a lot of work trying to make up get for it all, that. Yeah, trying to get it all settled with just two people would have obviously been a lot harder. But main thing I tried to do when we were moving, which moving that warehouse is definitely the biggest project and anything that I've accomplished work-wise. I mean, the amount of work that went into that was un, was mind-boggling. I mean, going through like a couple, I guess a couple thousand, like probably over a thousand, fifteen hundred, I think, products in the warehouse, like actual individual products and our uh, individual skew count is rather large and i had to go through with a ruler for each one write down what it was and how much shelf space it took up i then went into a spreadsheet and made a blueprint with assigning every excel and every cell in excel as two inches by two inches and i made my warehouse in excel then i made the new layout in Excel with the same spacing, and then you can just copy and paste products across and make your new layout like that. You make a new layout quick, and then you make a printout for each section of the warehouse, and I put them on each like bay. This is what this bay should look like when you're done. Those are the SKUs on that shelf, those are the SKUs on that shelf, on that shelf, and that shelf. Looks like that when you're done. So then you could then you could easily assign it to somebody and like try to keep it simple, stupid. So like shouldn't have to be that much to do the job. You just need to make it look like what it looks like. 
And not only did he have to look at terms, it look at it in terms of space taken up, he also had to look at it as, you know, dollar amounts on a shelf. Because when you think about it, it's like, you know, space, the space equals money. Mm-hmm. I mean, not only that, you have to account for, okay, how, how much does our square foot, square footage cost us in however much is being paid for this building? Because because our, our company owns the building we ran too. I mean, okay, what what kind of money's on the shelf? What money's actually going out? What's going in? You know, I mean, the way he had to look at it. I mean, it was also he had to account for future space usage too, which was another thing that was kind of certain certain areas. It wasn't a problem, but there are certain areas where we have to leave only so much room for. We have to leave so much room for expansion because. You know, we offer a lot of products that, you know, they don't get ordered often or at all. But if they do get ordered, we have to create a space for it because, you know, like most things, you know, it might end up in an algorithm where it's pitched to somebody ordering a different product. Like, you know how websites will often do, oh, people who bought this bought this. We kind of have that on our website where you buy something, it suggests you another product you might be using. And some people order products through that. I don't have them stocked. I apologize. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it sounds like in your hands, Excel is like an obscene obscenely useful tool i could like, that, I that is have, a major takeaway i'm picking up here is like for some reason i've applied excel in every excel in every is aspect of my life like, <laughs> that is his superpower like anything when, you want he can make a spreadsheet for it that's what i excel like super to. soldier serum <laughs> like, this, this is it he, he just <laughs> it's like you know it's it's almost like you're it's like thor's hammer like that's Honestly. that's the equivalent it's spreadsheets it, i'll it take just... that thor's a badass bro i'll take that <laughs> yeah it, well it's it's like you don't think about it you're like you, when you think spreadsheets you're like okay but the way he has it mapped out and the extent of the minute data that he accounts for like he he keeps track of our uh shipping trends mm-hmm. he keeps totals of what we ship for the week or daily totals about for the week he has him categorized by uh, carrier also. He also does 24-hour shipping. Um, I don't know what you call it. If you already got shipped within 24 hours. Yeah, 24-hour 24, 24 window shipping. So it's like keep... anything shipped within 24 hours. He also accounts... He has a trend chart that shows all of our points. And then he also marks notes in case it's a, we're, if we're on a downtrend. He marks notes on exactly the situation that's going on. Like... Someone might be gone for a week or he had to account for the move. So if you look at these, like, why was this number lower? You could go to that exact point. Yeah, this happened. That's why this went on. Okay, so here's so, here's my question. Um, this all sounds like uh, stuff that you've gone above and beyond for. Is it, is it is it in the expectancy for your position or is it just you took the initiative to create all of this and to track all of this yourself? My, I would say it's initiative. I mean, it was. I mean, a lot of it was out of necessity with how it was. It gives me peace of mind. I mean, that's that's how it all started. Making the spreadsheets. Um, If you make the spreadsheets and you make it numbers, numbers don't lie unless you have skewed data. So, you know, so as long as you enter information correctly and you check it and you have ways to run like a report to make sure everything's accurate, it make your life a lot easier. So I started making the spreadsheet to help with keeping track of just the back orders at first. It was just so you, you had a, a list of the back orders. I mean, at first we had them written down on a sheet of paper and that was it. A sheet of paper can get damaged and then it's completely skewed and you could lose a sheet of paper on one that'll lose a sheet of paper every single time. So make it a spreadsheet. You enter all the information in there. You know, as long as your spreadsheet saves, you know, everything will be okay. 
how do you protect that? Well, you still keep all the sheets of paper. You just, you know, you, you keep it, your backups. And yeah, what you got to make sure in the back yeah, order? Because that's how you check your reports. You know, that's how I make sure everything's correct. If I need to make sure something pops up, something doesn't look right, I go, okay, it looks like I entered that information on January 15th. Let's go find that sheet of paper. Let's see whose handwriting that is. Let me go ask him a question. And that's and then you know helps you troubleshoot everything right away. It's clean cut. Error pops up. Easy way to solve it. Boom, boom, boom. Problem solved. I mean, it's a good measure of accountability. I mean, he's gotten the back order spreadsheet to the point where it's tied to so many different factors. Like all the metrics relate to forecasting the inventory he needs to get in, as well as making sure he has enough on stock. And he also keeps a it. It's also cataloged where it's programmed to actually show how long, like it shows the dates on how long it's been backordered and it automatically updates per day. So he, he ties it to everything so that it, it's, we, he keeps our paper trails stacked so that in case there's a question, he can point exact, like if he can answer any scenario, like how'd this happen? Oh, I'll show you. Yeah. Or what's going on with this? Oh, okay. Here, Oh, you need this answered here. You have to go to this person because of this that's going on the spreadsheet. Go ask this person. They'll have an answer or he'll get the answer for you. I can answer any question relatively quickly. And again, it was all about trying to make the process easier, make it more efficient in a sense. Communication between us and the office. What's going to help that? Well, when they ask us for something that's out of stock, even if it's not something that we manufacture, I need to have my answer like that. I shouldn't have to go look information up, right? I still do in a sense that... I have to open up my spreadsheet and hit and I have to type in the number they asked and it tells me all the information instead of looking it up into their into if I didn't have the spreadsheet, I'd have to look it up into into QuickBooks, have to find the order, then have to go look in the inventory center and figure out what, you know, what order, what PO it's on, open up that PO, figure out when it was confirmed that way when I have all that information compiled into my spreadsheet. Now I have to keep all the paper trail and know how to do the rest of it because yes, my spreadsheet is not a program. I am a human. I can make a potential mistake. So that's why I have everything else. So like my spreadsheet may be a little off. Well, if I want to fact check myself, which I do, if somebody asks me a question about the spreadsheet, I go grab what I entered into my spreadsheet, you know, that backup paperwork and there's your answer. That's why my spreadsheet looks the way it does is because this person gave me this paperwork showing this information. So I'll add that. Yeah. Our, 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 te- our department is very, I don't even know what to call it. Not organized. Think, I, I don't think yeah, it's more than organized. It's like it, it's organized. Isn't enough to describe how we run things. It's just, we, we leave, very little room for error, and when there is error, we can actually answer the question. There's no, I don't it's, know. Yeah, there's not often where we say I don't know. Not at all. But you know, one thing there's I do know warehouse. is it's about that time for this <laughs> part of our show. Water, the water break, or body armor. Great. That's right. Ethan's <laughs> drinking body armor today, so grab whatever beverage you have, unless it's carbonated. Put it down. I don't need that bad stuff. And we're back. 
fresh and hydrated. <sighs> I'm, I'm not going to lie. I might stop to drink some more because I'm still thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here we are in the middle of our interview with my friend and coworker, Ethan Pomfret. First half, we got a nice little explanation on... Spreadsheets. The point of this episode is, if you know how to build spreadsheets, you can do anything. You can solve a lot of your problems. Financially, <laughs> ones at work, you can make it with workouts. I mean, it's a it's free range to make your own program. Think about I've that. I've seen way. someone, I saw a video where someone uh, made a MIDI controller out of it. I believe it. I think I sent you that. Someone was like, I built a drum machine in, in Excel. <laughs> I mean, you can make animations in Excel because most of that stuff is just math. So yeah. you do math, you can just program anything. That's and, why a lot of people, you know, that's why you, you find out a lot of people in the gaming industry are math majors in college because it's just all math. You know math. You can pro- If you know math, you could probably figure out how to code very easily. I, mean, I had one code. Yeah, I had one code in class. Well, yeah. Well, I mean, you do, you do kind of code. I mean, you do have to program. Formula. You have to program formulas in Excel to do certain things. Oh, yeah, and it's you can use word. Like, yeah, you can run formulas off of words, whether the formula is based off of a word or it's getting all the information and giving you a word answer off of said like that. Like, yeah, you can do anything you want with Excel. Anything you want. It's. I think I'll have to ask one of the many Ethans because uh, that's uh, that's his specialization is uh, coding for video games. Yeah, oh, he, he got a laugh out of the many Ethans he mentioned knows more in the Ethan's last than interview. I do, and my name is Ethan. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's so many Ethans. I never, I've never, like, I don't Ethan, think I've ever really Ethan, come across Ethan, any Ethans until like, this Ethan. <laughs> um, yeah, another reason that I wanted him on the show was I have never had an experience with a manager that I have with Ethan. He operates different than any other manager I've ever had in the best ways possible. Appreciate and it. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's because you're younger and you like kind of like understand how to operate with people who are more your age, or if you just figured out that the old way of management is just awful and shouldn't be replicated anymore. But yeah, it's like there's there's never an we never have issues. At least like the, I think the only issue we ever deal with are things that are literally just work. Or, like, there is a struggle work-wise. Like, they've never had any sort of personal conflict yeah, with your management bottleneck, style. Bottleneck was something... All of a sudden, we had 20-something uh, drop ships. So, that's a lot of extra paperwork. So, we get bottlenecked that. Mm. So, there, there's drop an issue we run into that. But me and, me and James and anybody else that's ever been a part of the team, because uh, we've had a couple different people in that third position um, since I've been in charge of the warehouse. But we've always been able to... And I was telling him, we run into an issue. You think you hit a wall? Bring it up. Let's tackle it right then and there when you run into the issue. Let's tackle it because then the next time, you know what I expect you to do on that first, you know, when you run into the issue, this is what we should do. So it's it gets clean cut for the next time. It's not it's not stressful. It's not, you're like, oh, run into this issue. All right, let's go tackle it. And the way that I try to do it, like, <clears throat> what are you saying about, like, old style of management is kind of how I, how I do it, I guess, is I just try to treat people like I'm a big team person, play a lot of sports. I know the the effects of having like a really toxic environment on a team versus having a team that everybody's clicking together, everybody's flowing together, you know, the chemistry's working. The difference between that is a team going 0-16, 
and a team who goes 16 and 0. I mean, it's that. Like, I'd like to say it's that beautiful. Unless you have an all star on your toxic team, <laughs> and he's the one that can make the difference and win you some games. I mean, toxic environment. There's nothing productive that comes out of there. So, if anything, it's just going to bring that all star down. Correct. Especially if maybe they're one of the most toxic people on the team because they think there's a separation value between everybody. You know, I'm better than you. I know everything right. No, dude. Everybody knows everything, right? Like, you may have more experience, and somebody is right and somebody is wrong. There's ways to go about telling somebody they're wrong. There's ways to go about admitting yourself is wrong without trying to just, like, boost that person's ego and being like, yeah, you're right completely. I'm wrong. You're going to approach it and be like, hey... So, we looked at the information, you break it down to, you know, make it... Digestible? Yeah, make it digestible. That's a good word for it. Yeah, I, I think there's two main points that I've always liked about how you approach things as a manager, is you've never been the type that who's just like, do it because I say so. Well, yeah, there's, there's never there's never been that in the amount of time you've taken over the warehouse that you've just been you're just gonna do this because I tell you to <laughs> but also the biggest thing is mastery is one of the biggest points that he applies over everything he refuses to give us any tasks that he cannot do 100% effectively himself mm-hmm. and that's why like I feel like when I ask them to do things and they always jump right on it and it's done usually the first day I ever ask about it, whatever, whatever the size of the project. It's because, and I hope they know, it's not because I can't do it and that it's just me wanting to sit on me buns in my office and not do it. <laughs> I have some really important things that I have to do. And what I'm asking them to do usually is not only going to make my life easier, it's going to benefit them as well. So like, it's, it, it, everybody wins here. If I have the opportunity to come help, they all know from experience that if I have the time, I'm going to be out there helping them. You know, I have no problem getting out there, going out there, helping them with orders. If it gets super busy, helping them receive stuff. No problem doing that. I want to be able to have all those really good experiences with like trying things out and being in the different departments for that big picture. When I have my own company, you know, when I have my own company down the road, whatever industry it may be in, I got a little bit of this. I got a little bit of that. Now I could say I've been, I've, you know, somewhat mastered warehouse there's still tons of improvement for me to do tons of more things that i can definitely improve on um which i'm gonna for forever continue to increase and upgrade my spreadsheets and create new ones but to make sure <laughs> can't find mm. the words <laughs> that's the train you really Trying get there. Think of the word <laughs> oh no well, I, I will say, I think one of the other I'm things I like is there's never really, we don't have to question your status as manager. You know yeah. how to do everything. You've proven you know how to do everything. And you're the one who comes up with a lot of the processes and how we do anything. So it's not more of a matter, you're, you're not like trying to grind somebody into doing something and getting responsive. Well, you do it then. If, yeah. if you know, the, the person's not confident themselves that you can do it. Like you always are like, okay, hold on. I'm not going to give you guys this task until I know it in and out. And then I'll give you the easier way to do it than what I started with. Yeah. And then we always, we always try to break it down. You break things down and like, okay, how do we, if something takes 10 seconds, how do we cut it down to five seconds? Or this takes six steps. How do we cut these steps out that aren't actually necessary because it's, Keyboard you know, the process. <laughs> yeah, you come up with the keyboard shortcuts. Keyboard to the warehouse. shortcuts. Keep I mean, you said what us. with the new spreadsheet you've been coming out, you've cut your the amount of time it takes you to do inventory has just been cut down immensely because you can just you can eyeball shelves and just instantly know what's supposed to be there. Hundred percent. It's 
the the upgrade that I made this year on my on my spreadsheet now that I had I felt comfortable with two years worth of sales history that I had within my spreadsheets that I could really analyze. Uh, the the new parlor was a really locked in, making it a lot easier. I don't it's not even going through and counting products, it's just counting boxes. I have all their box quantities lined up. So you go through you don't count a full partial box, you just ignore it. You know, so count all the full boxes. So you're going through and you're counting to 10. How fast can you count to 10 on a hundred things instead of trying to add up to a couple thousand or a couple different hundred doing the math? If you walk down the shelf, it's five boxes, four boxes, three boxes, two boxes. Walk in our spreadsheet, I can enter all, this inf- all those, all the inventory that I just counted, I can enter that in a minute or two. I mean, it's just, I'm, yeah, fast on the number pad because of Excel. But you bang all those things out and then... It just says, oh, order this, order this, order this, order this, order this, and you're done. And it's not like I don't have to always go there and check it because I know I ordered enough two weeks ago for six weeks. So I should be pretty good as long as it doesn't get to said point. And I get pretty good on remembering those numbers. Um, so it makes it super easy. But I remember that thought that I had earlier. So I'm going to continue off of it. <laughs> so when I had talking about the mastery of things and how I wanted to have on my toes in different areas... For the big picture is for if I were to be in the top spot, you know, the owner and somebody in that department was struggling and there was an issue, I can then go to them and not just bark about the results that I know, you know, like the warehouse, their job is to ship products out as fast as possible and spend as little money as possible. Shipping costs a lot, unless you're going to charge your customers for exact cost of shipping. Shipping's a department that's usually sometimes negative in areas. So I can give some feedback on some areas of like, if you're having an issue in this, I ran into that when I was doing it. It may be a little bit different, but this is what I did then. See if you can maybe tweak it, make it work now, or, you know, help start brainstorming some things and actually have some experience and not just focus on the result, really focus on the actual process that it takes to get those results for each department. That's where I was before. Yeah. You know, so I, I, found, I never found the first one that I forgot, so I'm sorry, but I found the second one. I got that one back. It, it all comes back around eventually. It sounds like no matter where you go with this, you're going to remain grounded and at least be able to uh, interact with the people at the bottom level and share your experiences for their for their benefit. Definitely. That's would be the goal. I mean, that's also what you have to operate in our generation. And I think it's different because it's like it's how common is it someone in your age bracket to be of someone of the status to where they have control over that culture true i don't think i, I mean think you, you, you pretty honest. much have the department up to where it's like you know someone's not around you have you know there's always contingency plans for everything but also it's like you know if you have it to where if any one of us were to like move on to somewhere else you bring someone in you can just plug them in yep definitely i and i think that's just help being prepared for any of the challenges that it can throw at us when it comes to the warehouse. But step-by-step instructions, when I worked at Meyer, I was really big on like simple, stupid, like you have no offense. People who work at Meyer by any means, but like I just had to really in like my team even helped me come up with the SS simple, stupid. It's kind of like how we laid out the deli was everything had just, so why why not have a complete label saying what's in this cooler, what's in this cooler? Why not have them in alphabetical order? You know, why not have them this way? Things that just weren't, they weren't like that before I got to Meyer. So we went there and we just made it real simple, stupid. Everything was in alphabetical order. Everything was in date order, obviously, as it should, FIFO-wise. And everything just had labels. Why not put a label on it? 
put a label so you know. That simple, right? So then when we take it into any other, you know, any other department, it's just I made for anything that has to do with entry, step by step. I have a printout of what your computer screen looks like with numbers and letters. And you have another document with numbers and letters telling you go to the letter A on your screen and click that word find. Then underneath it is part one of what that step is. And then you're going to go to step B and then it's all linked up. And then at the end, there's another picture. This is what it should look like when it's done. And you have your example. So like, it's like a little packet that you can then, I can give it to you and you can go do it. And you should, as long as you can read the instructions and you can look at the pictures and understand A to A, one to one, you should be able to do it just fine. And obviously I check it at the end of the day. So if it's wrong, I'll catch it or it's on me in my eyes. Um, so takes care of it that way. No gray area, clean cut. (laughs) (laughs) Greg, I I bet you wish you had him as a manager, huh? Uh, I'd, I'd say it makes it a lot, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? It makes it makes the workplace more palatable to know that you have somebody like you in your pocket, you know, somebody that you can rely on anytime you're struggling or anytime you come into that roadblock. You're like, well, I have this asset available to me that has either all of these experiences or just this mindset that's that's gonna you know, you know help you break through whatever the problem is. It's definitely beneficial. It's something I've noticed in the uh, the the younger managers, the younger like group leads or whatever. Um, whatever position you're in, uh, they have a more communal mindset. So they don't look at themselves as like I'm in charge of these people. They look like they look at themselves Same as level. I'm a part of this team. Same level. Yeah, you just uh, you just uh, uh, attack things from a different angle. Whereas, like for example, my current employment, I'm in production, where a le- leadership mentality over there would be like I'm in charge of making sure that these people produce the parts. It, a person of your mentality would say. I'm a part of this team and I'm assisting them as they, as they produce the parts. It's, 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 it's the tasks themselves don't really change, but the vernacular helps enforce this culture that is more productive. He, he almost kind of reverses the mindset of like, you know, he makes it seem like middle management isn't a joke because he actually proves his worth and is not just a person here who got over into the position of whatever means and has just become complacent because you know they're they're in that position to where they can do whatever they want. It's like he 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 operates like a worker while with the foresight of someone higher than his position. Cuz you know he's trying to help, he's trying to help the business grow and you know how do you help it grow? I mean, you know just sitting in middle ground doesn't help you grow. You got you know he tries out the amount of things he tries when it comes to these spreadsheets he you know there's several different versions that you won't see you won't you won't they're in a they're in a folder it says broken yeah they, they might be broken he might he might accidentally type the wrong thing and it just broken. like falls apart <laughs> just broken spreadsheets don't need any of those there's a handful of them yeah that's why that's, right. like, that's actually one of the reasons i tried to get you to work with me but you know they didn't pay enough for you to leave no where you were no it's, it, it wasn't it wasn't like the the, the top out wasn't high enough as the starting wages it's, like, it's not competitive yeah. you know that worked. um one thing i i did notice uh, while you were explaining the in, ins and outs of your job, uh, when you were saying that you you will take your spare time and be out on the floor working with the with, with uh, I don't even want to call them your sub- subordinates, your team, 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 team
for some reason I was struggling pawns. to come up with that word. <laughs> you didn't want to say something offensive like, yeah. like this dynamic's so, a lot different than I'm used to. My little to. yellow guys from yeah. this big one with me. We got my little yellow guys. Uh, so yeah. when you when you when you say uh, you'll use your spare time to be out there helping them, uh, it, 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 it relates to a time. At, at my uh, current place where we had a new manager come in, a new group leader for our, for our department. And he was introducing himself to everybody. And like, after he got all the, the, you know, fake pleasantries out of the way, um, I took him to the side and I was like, uh, look, I'm gonna tell you this right now. A lot of managers just stay off in their office doing whatever work they do. I was like, if you don't have a presence out here, no one's going to respect you and you're not going to enjoy your time. Like it's, it's probably not appropriate of me to approach a superior like that and just tell them blank like blatantly but but you have no I, problem being curse, that guy because i curse like a sailor all the time and this this dude like kind of developed a, uh, an understanding for that and just like wrote it all off but i was like look man if you're not out here nobody's gonna fucking uh, like respect you and you're gonna hate your time working at this company but being brutally honest I mean, somebody's not necessarily a bad thing somebody's got to do it at some time you know what i mean i mean if i if they were new at a position and i was new at a position if my flow wasn't how, you know, the what the even the good flow was of before when I was there, I would definitely be like, let me know. Be you can be brutal if you want. It's words, words. So like we can break it down. Hopefully, my takeaway from that little story for the listeners is that sometimes it is appropriate and is necessary for you to like take that initiative to <clears throat> make that connection. With with a, a new team member to let them know like hey this is what the vibe is here yeah, and we need you to be about it because if if Boy. I if I had not said that who knows maybe he would have been one of those generic managers that spends all of his time in his office mm-hmm. you know instead he probably has, watching YouTube instead he has one of his team members immediately approaching him and be like you need to be a part of this team mm-hmm. you know it's a team this team aspect yeah so. I mean that's like that's the way I approach like any I'm not any the coach mm-hmm. I'm the captain I, I had a, a job difference. I had a job once where. You know, I got torn down. So I worked at the Sears at Woodland Mall. And I have, I, have, I have no problem talking about it. Uh, the store director wanted us to refer to him as coach. Oh, boy. That's what See, we that's referred the type, to. That, like, that's, like, that's, uh, that's the way that I've, I've had a lot of experience with management, like, personally myself, is it. And that's why I try to take, like, like you said earlier, it's that, you know, a little different approach on it. It's I'm not the coach. There's no, I'm the captain. You can be a captain and be a coach. Mm-hmm. But if you separate yourself as a coach and you're not on the player's level, really, then you're not going to have a really good functioning team. Like, I mean, I coach now. I definitely want to connect with the kids more than just, I'm your coach, Bark, do what I say. Like, I want to help you develop as an individual as well. So you have to try, if you want to have a good connection, there's a little more to it than just barking orders, barking orders, barking orders, depending on the job. Depending on the job, some that, you, that might be the way to go. I guess. Right. I mean, well, no, some. I don't know all the jobs. Well, well no, no, my my whole, my whole thing with calling him coach was like he was useless. So I, I hated calling him coach. <laughs> He's useless. Yeah, it was like it was like it was like we only called him that for his ego's sake. Oh man, you know you know what you should have done. You you should have found whatever sport that he was like interested in. Why he wanted to be called coach and found the absolute worst, worst coach, coach in, that, in that league. <laughs> so call him by that. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, it's see if he catches on. See what, like what what posters he's got. See what he likes. Yeah, it's a yeah. Troll. I've had some. I've had all sorts of different managers that were all operated different. I've seen the good and the bad. 
What was I going to say earlier? Oh, yeah. But uh, I was going to talk about a thing about transparency with like new people. I always definitely make a point to let new people know what we've had before as far as employees, whether good or bad, and just let them know what we're looking for. Like, like one thing I tell people is like, I have like, this place is laid back. I, I always tell people like one thing, mind your own business. And I don't mean that in a mean way, but like, don't worry about what other people are doing. Worry about your job and your job only. Because if everybody's worrying about their own job and they're doing it correctly, you don't have to worry about other people's jobs. Also, when you have, like, in a sense, they're, yes, they're all technically in a big picture, but there's actually, like, different companies working within the same building. Like, we're one company. Production is their own company as well. <coughs> so, you got minor P's and Q's, right? They mean, like, yeah, we do have to abide by the same policies because it makes it, one, a lot easier because we're in the same building, for sure. But minor P's and Q's. And right? don't worry about everybody else. You know, be, yeah, it's basic stuff that people usually should know that some people yeah. don't. And then it's just like, be, be mindful because you could do unintentionally, you could unintentionally create a perception about yourself. Like, you know, not, not going into detail. It's like, you know, there, there have been comments and certain attitudes about me and Ethan specifically with how we might interact unknowingly that it might be offensive or make, you know, other people feel a certain way because it's like you know we've been working together for a while we get along and we just we just want to get the job done mm-hmm. you know it's like and i think the thing is like with the way i approach a lot of things is like you know it, it's only we can't make excuses in a sense that it's like not that we couldn't but it's like it's almost impossible for us to make excuses for why things aren't running the right way especially being there's two people two people handling a department we should be able to have like we don't have a lot of people to you know there's three of us what total yeah there's three of us. Three of us were one warehouse. There's no reason we shouldn't have this locked down. So it's like, that's why we always maintain, you know, we go to bat for each other when we have to. Because, you know, we're just like, look, everything's accountable. We'll talk. We'll figure it out if there's an issue. You know, I mean, it's, it's a little easier for us because, like, you know, certain other departments have a lot more people to handle. So it's like, you know, for us, it's like, it's like we, we can be, we, we be as, we are as understanding as possible until you give us a reason not to be. Facts, hundred percent. You know, and that's the big thing about our workplace is like you know we definitely try to create a culture that is rooted on the collective success as well as individual success. Because you know if one if you know if you got like a tower or something like let's say a bridge, if one of those legs is about to go out, the bridge is going to fall eventually. Yeah, you know? and and with our department, it's like you know we also have to the trait we definitely always have to maintain is adaptability because it's we get a lot of unpredictable things that kind of happen not like in a good or bad way but like ticket ordering for example you know he could order he could order multiple vendors at different points of the week and they just all happen to show up on a wednesday (laughs) which happens all all the time we'll get like four skids on a wednesday when we weren't expecting like three of them for over two weeks and i keep tabs on usually how long it takes to try to space it out because it messes with like we have a flow for the day if i have three skids show up because i've been spacing out my orders so they're a little larger so it's a little more receiving time so if I have three of them show up in one day, that's cool. You guys, the second half of the day is going to be receiving and taking care of back orders, not doing a little bit of receiving, a little bit of back orders, and then getting like a whole nother second printout. You know, it's another 25 customers who place their order within the last couple hours that are actually going to get a notification then saying, hey, your order's actually shipped and it's complete. Um, so, I mean, it makes, a, it makes a difference when it comes to that. Yeah, we get, we get those fun days where it's like, 
oh, we got pallets coming in. Oh, UPS brought a bunch of stuff. FedEx brought a bunch of stuff. Elite made us a bunch of stuff. So like, you, <laughs> you space it out. You try to. And then all of a sudden, the vendor, all of them, I don't we know. Just, they, like, hit a group chat that. up. And they're like, hey, <laughs> don't wait two days to ship this. Send this today. What? Send it. What day do you guys want to do it to them this week? <laughs> That's how it feels like sometimes. I'm like, do they all just kind of do it? Like, hey, you, hey, guess who just ordered with us? You guys want to just do this all at the same time? I'm like, you guys take a day <laughs> to two to ship it out. No, 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 no. All of you guys shipped out the day I ordered. That's cool. So mm. you guys all show up. I'm like, more impressed on the day we... this week. I thought they were all going to get here on... I said we're going to get here Friday. The rest were going to come Monday, and the following would come Tuesday. No, 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 no. All came Friday, sir. All of them came Friday. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of stuff to take care of. On I'm more impressed when we have this like long list of bag orders. We just magically ship out all in one day, where it's just like the FedEx cart has like a hundred packages on it. It's like how'd this happen? I mean, you know, and yeah, they're not always happen when we have a lot of stuff to ship out, but. With some real interesting carriers sometimes who get cranky, which is like interesting because we've had like polar opposites. We had one guy who used to come in there with a smile on his face when he had a big cart because he got he was excited because he told us he got paid by a package. Yeah, because different carriers work differently. Like UPS is paid per hour, FedEx is paid per package, but you also have to like buy into your route and you FedEx, your FedEx route. is a weird like yeah, it's, it's it and it's probably, yeah, it's, it's probably it, almost more work, it almost works like a contractor, it's like an owner operator. Yeah, deal. it almost works like a contractor, but. uh yeah, but it also depends, you know, when, if that person has, like, there's, like, a driver who'll be like, I have seven other stops after this one, and you're filling up my truck. Ooh. But this, but Been this there. is also a time that before, but, but, <laughs> I don't think so, I don't think it's my problem. <laughs> but before that, it's actually kind of funny how it worked out, because before, uh, the stop before us used to be a vape company. <laughs> so they were loaded up the day after that law passed. Truck was empty when he came. <laughs> he, like I mean, he used to have a, like at least half his truck when he came up to us was full from this uh, vape company right around the like on the other side of the street, a couple buildings down. And that law came out and phew, empty, just nothing. I mean, was like, you could say it was, it was just. Up in smoke. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry if that made your ears bleed. (laughs) (laughs) Which is funny. Which is funny because like shortly before that, Ethan took up vaping because he he used to chew and he was trying to kick that. So he picked that up as kind of a replacement. And then they came out with that and I was like, oh, that's lovely. (laughs) (laughs) Now you just got to go on straight willpower. (laughs) Drink my water. We'll be all right. (laughs) Now... I think what are we talking about? Oh, I, I think it'd be a good thing to point out that it's within your family structure. The ambition isn't just restricted to you because you've exclaimed on numerous occasions that your wife is almost equally as ambitious. Yes, that my wife is a is a goat when it comes to work wise. She hustles and she's had tons of jobs. Like even when we were in high school, she had like four jobs at one time just like always working like she works seven days a week something that she always used to do and then just recently decided to actually like take a little toll back and she's just going to finish off some school stuff um and get her get her license for a veteran technician and uh recently she started working with one of somebody that she used to work side by side with um and they're starting their own like aid 
agency type thing. I mean, I'm not going to go too much into it because I know the, like, the nitty-gritty details of it. But kind of like I have a hospital, you have a hospital, he has a hospital. We need doctors for the ER, for veterinary medicine, last for the animals. They will supply you the doctors and the technicians to come work for your ER across the U.S. So they'll send somebody to New York. They'll send somebody to Boston. They'll send somebody to Atlanta to work at these hospitals that have agreed to contracts to say, yes, I'll take that person. I'll take them for three days. They're going to work three 12 to 14 hour shifts, whatever. And then we'll pay them, you know? So it's, they were doing that. Um, and that's their current like career path is going through that. And I'm a hundred percent with it. I mean, she, she hustles when she gets busy and she decides to crank down on her work. She gets in the zone. She takes care of business. So, I mean, she's, she's definitely, um, Whenever I always have looked at myself, I'm like, whew, like when I was struggling through all my stuff with, when she was pregnant, I had school, I had rugby and had, you know, the whole X, Y, Z, <clears throat> probably like the busiest time of my life, staying up till like three or four and getting up at six, <laughs> it was tragic, but getting that part done, something that like her work at seven days a week, she would work one job for eight hours, go work another one for like a part-time shift and then go home and work on another job because she's a freelance photographer. So like... She's always oh, really? on, yeah. It's like she's always on the clock. So, anytime I've ever thought about it, why not be on the clock as well? So, whenever we're at home, there's plenty of time that the kids go to bed. I pull out spreadsheets, and she pulls out something to do with either a new job uh, that she's working on or something to do with photos, whether it's a wedding, somebody's baby photos, any of those things. She's always working. Sounds like we need to have her on the pod, Liz. <laughs> if you're listening, we want you on the pod. <laughs> she, she got it all. <laughs> Oh, oh that, that's this is this is the impressive thing because this is what we had. Uh, you're an example of what we were talking about. What you should do on episode seven that even if you have kids, you can still accomplish a lot just because you have because you guys have two and they're you know toddlers and you guys are still you know oh, yeah. got there's, a long way to go before you guys ever hit any sort of peak. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, I, kids are never roadblock. They add more motivation to their life. They make you think about things a lot differently about being a role model aspect of things whenever you run into attack like whenever you run into a problem at least for me not necessarily everybody whenever i run into an issue that's on something to do with like morals or what you know right or wrong any of those things then what would you want your kids to do in this situation i was first thing that comes to my head what would i want my kids to do in this situation What's the right thing that I would tell them to do if they came to me saying, Dad, I'm in this situation? You know, you got to process that and try to be in that, try to think in those different perspectives. But that's always led me in a correct route so far. So that's the best. Well, way I, I, I'd say you're setting you a good example. Going. Like that, uh, what was it? I think when you had Emily to work and then she, like, didn't she, like, fall and hit her head or something like that? Hmm. <laughs> I don't know no. if that's something that you should like talk about. <laughs> no, no, no. This is this is See, fine. This, this is why we don't say this is why we don't say names. Because like, oh, that's no, she, no, no, no. I'm referring to it's like she was fine, but her thing was like she ended up having to leave and she was upset because she couldn't stay at work. Yeah, and that's the thing. She it's ended like, up it's, being fine. It wasn't, it wasn't anything serious. Or anything. Okay. She was running and yeah, she fell and then she was obviously crying about it. And I was like, all right, well, like. You weren't listening to the fact that I told you you could not run in here because it's an abrasive warehouse. What is abrasive made out of? If you don't know, it's made out of little tiny rocks, a.k.a. sand, a.k.a. little dusty. Dust and concrete, slippery. So, yeah, it is some slippery spots, you know, that uh, there's you know, some potential dust buildup. And that's what she ended up slipping on was a spot like that. Why you don't run. 
So uh, we just, I ended up having to take her home and she was really upset that she couldn't hang out and help me work. I mean, like she, she was very upset that she couldn't help me work. It was funny. It's like, <laughs> when it's like, no, I don't want to stay at work. work. She <laughs> loves going to my work. She likes helping. She thinks she's doing a big help. And she's ripping all my sticky notes up off my desk. <laughs> she's rearranging my sticky notes and taking them out of my proper order. Oh, just imagine, just imagine when your kids are old enough to actually help you work, though. See, I mean, you get to instill those principles in them early. See, like, that's why you like, like yeah. here, this is this is how you type get. You have you're gonna be at work. You're gonna come home and your kid's gonna have a uh, spreadsheet 2.0 built up for you. Hey, there <laughs> but, you go. Hey, I was working here. Take this to work. See if it works out. <laughs> See, that's why, like, some people are like, I want like. A bunch of kids. Okay, you you better hope you have a company because you got an entire workforce, an entire workforce. <laughs> that's like uh, one of one of my yeah, like, a lot of people like hand down companies to their kids. Like sometimes that's the situation too. I got a friend. She wants to have uh, a whole bunch of a whole mess of kids because she wants her own soccer team. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, more power to you. I couldn't do that because that's a lot of like children, but. <laughs> I mean, as long as you got the drive for it, <laughs> I'm behind it. I want to see that all-family soccer team. I think at one point, I don't know how true it is now, it's like you had like nine or ten kids, you didn't have to pay taxes on something. So like some people, that's where like I worked with somebody at McDonald's, and that's why they said they had like nine or ten kids. I mean, don't quote me on that one. Isn't there like, some sort of uh, some like, tax break after you have a bunch of kids, I think. I heard there's also it's, something it's where the you... the amount of dependence you can claim, I think. I heard I heard there were some cases like if you have enough kids you don't have to pay child support or something weird like that. I don't I don't know how true that is or if that actually exists, but I remember someone said that. I was like seems a little bit of coincidence right there. Like <laughs> if you got enough of them, you ain't gonna pay for any of them. <laughs> they can only garnish so much of your wages. <laughs> right? It's like they can't they can't tap can't me take out to zero. To every single one. You're gonna be living in a box. Oh, man. So yeah, man. It, it seems like you've You've hit this interesting stride with you and your wife where it's like you you guys have already it's like you've got the house, you've got the family. You guys are barely in your mid twenties and you guys are that's, you're setting yourself up to something we've always kinda of talked about too skyrocket. between ourselves is like, man, now what do we do? Like you, I was you have to live life, things you are like, okay, what, life, what's we the next thing point? Where, like, you know, we got a lot of our friends and stuff that were like, Okay, we have the marriage part down. We got the kid part down. We got the house part down. Both have solid careers. Both got decent, dependable cars. What do we got to do now? Enjoy our life. Well, also, and like a lot of other things, like some people we have that are, we have some friends that are a lot older than us that, like, <coughs> they're struggling in one of those categories. And, you know, that's when we are thankful that we were able to find each other and have this stuff work for us. And now we just try to make the best out of our time that we don't have to worry about finding that or accomplishing that later in our life. We can just tackle work, tackle work and hang out, hang out with kids. The well, only thing we got for the next 60 years. Well, yeah. Well, you got to think it's also it's the fact that it's like you guys are happy and there's no real regrets about anything because everything's working out. 100%. Well, I mean, because, you know, I think before because, like, you know, in, haven't you guys been together forever? Yeah. You guys have been there quite Since a long time. Freshman year of high school. Minus like. A little break because I was a knuckle brain, but yeah, that's that's about it. We got since 2011, so it's almost so almost a full yeah, decade. 10, 11. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were, <laughs> you you disprove any? I don't want to say disprove. I'm have you, chest you, pubes when I started liking her. Yeah, I had nothing. <laughs> baby chest. <laughs> you're you're chest. like the antithesis to all the the uh, the perpetuation that boomers have on 
our generation. Yeah, they were non-motivated scrubs. Yeah, <laughs> quite opposite. You're motivated 24-7. Yeah. Quite. I've definitely gotten some... Sh- we we have received some shade in public from people. Like, I mean, when your kid has a meltdown, people... Whenever somebody... Because you see a kid have a meltdown in public, don't stare at the parent like they're crazy, yo. The kid's <laughs> going nuts. Trust me, they're going insane in their brain because your kid's doing look. this. Like, I promise you, they're probably going nuts inside. They're just trying not to pop a fuse so they're just like walking with the kid and the kid's screaming their brain off and they're just like keep it together keep it <laughs> we're together. almost in the car we just keep it together and then you can put him in the car you shut the door and you're like god like, all right oh we're not going back not unless there's two of us like i'm not taking two kids grocery shopping like you need two to two you need a one-to-one ratio if you're you don't, you don't want to be outnumbered if you're outnumbered you're toast toast <laughs> They feed off each other, and it's hilarious. <laughs> like watching them interact, and one of them gets in a little bit of a crappy mood, and the other one just feeds off it. And then they're both just—it's like a feedback turds, loop like, where it just great. expands. You're just like, oh no! <laughs> I'm like, you guys are so great in your little sassy attitudes. I can't wait to see what you guys got to say when I say we got to go. <laughs> and, then, and then after that, you get in the car, and they're like all normal, like falling asleep. All, yeah, yeah they, usually they're acting oh, crazy in the store. Oh yeah, they're. I mean, it's usually what I mean. I'd say I can pin it back to is whenever they act. In, my kids are very well behaved. Too. <coughs> I'm blessed with how well they behave. But if they ever do act out in public, usually related to one of them being tired, and then the other one feeds off of it, and then they're just both. And then you just like it's like go take a nap. Yeah, like <laughs> let's go for a car ride. We're going for a car ride. Go around a block, go down the highway, turn around downtown, come back. One of them will be asleep, and they'll be all set. I don't know. I'd say you you guys are almost like the epitome of the classic American dream. You know, just like we're getting there. You got the family, you got the careers going. It's like it, it can only go up from here, and it's like you you've already hit a plateau in one area. It's like you got to find new mountains to climb. Yeah, find definitely got to find some new things to. I've been trying to think of some things to do after hours, some other work-related things, trying to find work-related things, whether it's a new company that I start that I work on after I come home and the kids go to bed or something, something I've been pondering on, writing some thoughts down, brainstorming with some of my buddies regarding trying to get something potentially moving. I mean, hey, we're we're open to things. <laughs> you want to start a podcast? <laughs> do start your own? Podcast. It seems to be the trend ever, ever since we started this. Been approached by so many people like podcast this, podcast that. Hey, I'm trying to start a podcast. It's like, I guess. <laughs> it's, it's hit record, I, start chit chat, and then we'll move from there. It's it's like I want to start a podcast is like this year's version of listen to my fire mixtape. Facts. <laughs> well, it it almost sounds like you got to almost keep up with your wife. You know, it seems like she's got all this stuff that she just hustles out, and you almost got to compete with that. One hundred percent. You're like, it's okay, a, she we're does We're very this. competitive. <laughs> It, we're very, very competitive on not saying like who does more, who makes more, but in work in general, like when we working together, like an actual occupation is, is not that great. We butt had so bad. <laughs> like we worked together once at, at her grandpa's practice, um, veterinary practice. And, uh, we just butt head, butt heads all the time, but like working on the projects simultaneously, like got your project. I got my project golden. It's we're like you guys like, got like life Lego sets and you're just building them up as high as you can go. Yeah. Sounds like you have the perfect match. 
I'm forever thankful that I found her my freshman year of high school. 100%. Because it makes life a lot easier on all aspects. Yeah, well, we're approaching the end of the time. So do you have any advice to all the young people who want to be successful? Um, trust the process 100%. And it's not even just trusting the process. Just understand the process and... Well, Greg would say deep dive into that process, all right? Let's really dive deep into the process because the more of the process you know, the better the, the outcome will be because you know all the nitty-gritty details to have said outcome. Like, Rome wasn't built in a day. Understand all the different aspects it took to actually build that because that's how you would build your own Rome is understanding all those little tiny details and stay hungry. So, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> be afraid to uh, enforce that clarity. You know, make things transparent. It's a lot easier to understand that process when everyone can see it. Yes. You know, don't 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 bark the do this because this is the way it works. Explain things. Yeah, you, know, you gotta gotta operate in a modular mindset. You know, there there's different ways of doing things. Explore all of them. There's no reason not to. You might come up with something better that you know something could work for several years and not work at certain points. So, you, hey, how do we perfect this? How do we build on this? Yeah, you you can always make you can always make the process easier. Definitely you know, contribute you to the to process. Think about it like if you cared about the process and you had the goal, and you cared about the process until said goal, and you took everything and you did everything right, even if the goal did not like work out, the process you didn't cheat, you didn't you stayed on a moral compass. Like you could. For me, you could sleep at night. You know, you did every part right. Like something obviously didn't work out and you could figure that part out and figure out where it technically went wrong or things didn't just line up. But if you care about the process more than the outcome, you're going to be in a better situation because the outcome is irrelevant unless you take all the right steps and do it in a way that you can sleep at night. Don't cheat your way to get something. That's not the right way to get the goal. Right. Take and the right and, take and the apply right the route. collective mentality and not just the overlord overseeing everything. Correct. Well, yeah. Well, that was that was a fun episode. Another interview down. Glad we to have you on the show. You. Thanks and for having we'll, me. We'll have to have you back. You know, whenever you have any further developments. Yeah. Or. No, seriously, you should you should you should talk to Liz and just like convince her to come on the pod because I'm kind of intrigued on what her day to day looks like. Given if like if she's anything insane. like you, I can imagine it's interesting. Her days are insane. I take days to relax. <laughs> I do. She does <laughs> <No>. not. <laughs> like I have days that I sit on my and I do nothing because I'm relaxing, cooping, hanging out with the kids. She's got her foot on the gas going. All the time. Days off. It's always in the race. Yeah, like Some days off have like, like a full bulleted list of things you got to accomplish on a day off. Like, ooh, day off was sitting right there on that couch, feet up, kid in my arm, <laughs> playing with some Legos, some blocks. No, 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 no. Watching we have this to do. We have this to do. We have this. Hey, no, there's multiple Toy Stories, bro. There's Toy Story One, <laughs> Toy Story Two, and now Toy Story Four is on Disney Plus. So you, you can't. If you were before, you are definitely like. A veteran of the Toy Story series now. 100%. <laughs> you just quote the entire movie from memory? Oh, yes. I, there's no movie my son does not pick that's not Toy Story. There's no way. All um, right. Yeah, so uh, anything we should... Oh, you have any shout-outs? 
Let's shout see. out to my wife and my kids. Love you guys. That's all you really need to shout out. Yeah. Those Honestly, are the people that that's his team. <laughs> that's his team right that's, there. That's the team that matters. And everybody else, what's up? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, that was another episode down. We are inching closer and closer to the Kit Kat episode. Just a friendly reminder. Uh, well, I was well, I was talking to him about it, and we got to figure out we're not going to be able to eat. If I get that fifty three pack, we're not going to be able to eat that entire thing in that one episode. I take that as a challenge. Oh, <laughs> I said you'd be sick. Oh, because, because like, we, if we have to comment that, on it, man. that would give us roughly a minute, yeah, collectively to talk yeah. about a flavor. So we might have to just like eight minutes cut it in half. Else. Yeah, we might have to like do a quarter of them and then just make it a theme throughout the show or the next season to where we just try one each episode. A little mini series. We'll Kit Kat so, challenge. Oh, with that being said, we also definitely still want to try to do the whole listener interaction episode thing. So if you got questions or things you want to say, hit us up. Uh, we can't stress enough. Please interact with the social media as best as you can. As much as we like the feedback directly from you. When you message me, I'm, I'm excited, but like I would prefer it be, you know, in the uh hit the share button and say I'm excited. Yeah, well, I mean we want we want everybody to we want everybody to see how how much you like the series. If an episode resonated <clears throat> with you and 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 you felt that you needed to reach out and talk to us, you can do it just right on the social media. You know, you never know who else might read that and and understand that this was very important to this person for this reason and they might take from that as well and, and they might start listening because your of it. words might benefit another person. Was what I'm trying yeah. to say. You know, like you know, we're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. I don't remember. I haven't actually looked at the URLs in a while. Is it PNTS underscore podcast for all of them? Because for some reason, I feel like there is it's one PNTS that underscore podcast for uh, Instagram. I know that for sure because I was. Just I think it's on. I think night. it's on Twitter as well. I think I don't. I all think I know Facebook is if you Google different. prefer not to say podcast, it's us. Yes, yes. We we, we don't have quite. You have to have the podcast, though. We don't quite have it. Prefer not to say as it. Or I mean, I don't see us buying Google AdWords anytime soon. We're not buying those clicks for that for those words. But yeah, I think Facebook. It's just PNTS podcast because I don't think they let you do underscores if I remember correctly. But yeah, interact with us. Keep interacting. Just do it out in the open so that everybody knows because we we want to grow the fan base. And we just appreciate how much everyone's loving the show. I think didn't you, you know, didn't you have somebody who listened to the recent episode and loved it and want more already? Oh yeah, <laughs> shout out Ariel. because yeah. because that's what There's that's what it works. Books. You listen to one episode, and you want more. Like that's what Ethan has been like. He's like release more than one a week. I All can't right, wait the on, whole man. week. <laughs> that's the reason I watch TV. I don't want to wait every week. I watch Netflix for a reason. I can binge. <laughs> But I, can't, I, can, I, I can cope with one week. It gives me something to do every Wednesday, Wednesday and Thursday. Listen to it. All right, then. Yeah, I guess it's time to sign off. Just remember, as always, like I say at every episode, stay hustling and stay hydrated. Peace. I, I do a peace sign, but like, <laughs> but you don't say I don't it. know why. <laughs> Got the vocals in here. Hey, you see this? I'm dapping you guys up. Hope you guys saw <laughs>
okay, the water breaks right around the corner. I was like, wait a minute, this is an interview episode? I got another 10 minutes at least. I was like, fuck, I'm so thirsty. <laughs> Oh, I got to 30 minutes, I was like, cool, I can take this fucking coat off. I'm sweating my ass off. But then you remember, oh, it's an interview episode, so mm-hmm. nope.